We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaytoshaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a podcast all about the people and places that make this city unique. I'm Jeff Hunt, and I'll be your host. For episode 18, part two, we return to Bayview Opera House Ruth Williams Memorial Theater to talk with programming manager Smiley. We pick up where we left off in part one, hearing about Smiley's life going to Lowell High School. It was in this time, and partly thanks to Lowell, that she developed confidence in being a black woman, but also started to discover the many layers of racism present in society. And theater is where she found her place and her people. She joined Bayview Opera House just before the pandemic, first at an entry level. Today, Smiley is the programming manager, and from the sound of it, she's a very busy individual. To wrap up our episode on the Opera House, we hear from two folks involved in one of the many programs there, hip hop artist Joe Cool, and Miss White, the First Lady of Frisco. First up, here's Smiley. I did a whole stint as a professional sound designer and stage manager and blah, blah, blah. Got my master's and did all that. And Javier actually worked at 100% College Prep and he was working in that area and he was like, hey, so there's a position, I don't know exactly know what it is, but there's a position opening up at the Bayview Opera House. Mm-hmm. You need to be there. And I was like, that's cool. I hadn't really seen anything about the Bayview Opera House for a while. I started seeing some stuff come out and I was like, they're doing cute stuff. I'm not mad at it. It's and cool. when was that? Did this all happen? Four years ago. Okay. So just before the pandemic. Yeah, like right before. I mean, I had actually been teaching with Community Works West and I was like, I cannot be a teacher. Mm-hmm. At least not of children. It's a special thing. God bless him. Mm-hmm. Cannot do. Cannot do it. And so, yeah, he was. And I, but I was looking for another full time gig because I had actually had a full time gig with Community Works West, and I went, "Oh my God, regular pay, What's, benefits." Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Shoot, I'm hooked on this now. I got to find another one of these because I was freelancing for the longest time, and that's not what I had. And so he was like, "Yeah, you know," and he knew the the program director here, and he was like, "I've been telling her about you, just." you know, go go through the process. So I got to meet with Allegra, who's the program director here. And she was like, everything about you sounds wonderful. That's fantastic. But this role is more like facilities and stuff like that. Like that's how you would have to get through the door. And I was like, sure, I can pretend to care about that. And so I worked, <laughs> I worked for Local 16. I've done stage crew stuff. I know how to use power tools. I'll paint some stuff. You know, it's not that bad. I'll pick up some trash. Like I'm not above anything right i just also know what i was gonna like to do and maybe i'll tell you about some people and some things and some whatever perfect so what is this place this gorgeous big blue door space is the bayview opera house ruth williams memorial theater built in 1888 by the masons it was a super cool fun spot for them to do they would have meetings but also have performances come in so so it was originally intended to be a performing 
Absolutely. And was it originally called, I think we, we talked about the sign, but like, was it originally considered yes. an opera house? It was originally considered an opera okay. house, which, and so it was very intentionally built for, for performers, right? So acoustically, it is amazing for the, for the voice, mm -hmm. right? And for classical instruments like violin, harp, piano, operatic voice, things of that nature. I mean, it's really built for that. And also being cool enough to like, you know, have dressing room access straight from the stage, mm -hmm. right? Um, Not a common thing. And each of the dressing rooms has its own bathroom, right? So very oh, much, deluxe. you know, being, yeah, being nice and deluxe and performance space, but also over time as different communities move through, and then we had kind of great migration come up during the war in terms of like helping to work at the shipyard, building ships and doing all of those things. It became more of a community center. So, you know, black families from Texas and different parts of the South were coming up here doing that work. And so the opera house, because of the change in the community, right, there was not, not so many Masons, right, not so, not so many white folk. <laughs> to be honest, they moved to different parts of the city. So this became a primarily, you know, black kind of industrial uh, area to military base over here and all that stuff. And this space in particular became a huge meeting spot for the community, right? To have conversations about housing, to have performances, to have food programs, things of that nature. And previously, the building got... <sighs> It wasn't loved on a lot. Mm -hmm. Started falling apart, deteriorating, became kind of an eyesore, right? And in terms of the vision of the city, it wasn't necessarily all that great. And um, the city wanted to tear it down and redevelop it and make apartment buildings. And a woman by the name of Ruth Williams said, absolutely not. This is a necessary cultural space. Doing this would be a detriment to the black community that is housed here. Awesome. This is where we have our free food programs. A lot of people don't know that Black Panther free breakfast programs also were here. They started here. You know, this is we are surrounded by churches, so this would be a place for churches to congregate. En masse, this would also be an opportunity for people to come see performances. Ruth Williams herself did playwriting. There were dance classes. So there was all of this. And also, you know, the very, again, civic engagement in terms of voting thing and having those major conversations. And so she fought. She fought hard. And she was able to save the building, which is why it is now called, called the Ruth Williams Memorial Theater. That's how we got there. When about was that? So that would be... People say that's like in the, the 50s. De decade is good, yeah. 50s? Yeah, okay. The 50s, 60s. And then, you know. So around, also around the time of Fillmore, I'm air quoting redevelopment. Yeah, exactly. And then, so, and that was a major issue within the community as well because all of these very important black bastions, right, are the ones that are being targeted for redevelopment mm -hmm. in the city. And so people are feeling a lot of displacement, a lot of lack of place. And like the, the Baby Opera House was a place where we just could not lose. Mm -hmm. And so, she did that work and she saved the spot and God bless her for it. And then she continued to do that very important work. 1966, there was the major like Bayview race riot. Officers shot and killed Peanut Johnson. And he was a 16 year old black boy. And it, it, that, it was a part of something that was already brewing, but it just, everything just shot up over that. Third Street was on fire, Bayview was on fire. The Bayview Opera House got hit with over 400 bullets. I mean, it was a whole, thing, right? And so then the, the community... The little war. It was, uh, yeah, it was bananas. But very indicative of the fact that as much as we want to say San Francisco is this really beautiful bastion of all the things, bubble was broken 
again, right? We got, you know, we got issues. And, yeah, yeah. Because, because uh, let's use a little smidge of views. Back to the founding of San yeah, Francisco. I mean, I mean, let's be real. If we want but, to talk about it, San Francisco is not necessarily built on, you know, non untouched fertile land. Right. <laughs> you know, there's a whole lot going on there. There are a couple people here. Yeah, just two or three. Um, I so, did learn recently there weren't many trees. There weren't as many. But there were like, they were all in Mission Bay. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, they could count. And then folks brought in eucalyptus and I was like. And then that's uh, the story. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's what we're doing. Not that it's an invasive species or anything, but it is what it is. Um, it does have its healing property, so we'll let that be it. Um, like put it, it in the shower. It does what it does. So, but um, turbulent but times back, in the 60s. Yeah. So we have that going on. And then, you know, around this time, we also had visits from James Baldwin and all these things. Um, Take This Hammer was actually filmed right outside of the Bayview Opera House. Did not House. know that. That's not, um, that's awesome. And so you can actually see in that in that documentary film with him, first of all, Ruth Williams speaks in that film, but you can see the Bayview Opera House's backdrop. So it's always been a, a, a place for history making, mm -hmm. right? And, and black culture. And then after the 60s, trying to get the building back on spot, but still being a major community hub, black honor roll parades, this also was a place where people congregated for repasses and for vigils and weddings. And I mean, it really was the, the center of activity for Bayview and black San Francisco. And in 1989, an organization was actually formed, Bayview Opera House, to be able to manage the programs. And then that's how and that's, you know, through the SF Arts Commission right. and establishing it that way so that there's actually protections for not only the program, protections and funds, not only for the programs, but also for the building, right? Mm. Getting it established as a landmark. historic landmark, mm -hmm. um, landmark number eight, right? And then doing all of these things to make sure that what Ms. Williams fought against does not happen, right? Now... Like, it will take like permanently hell and high water and a little bit more hell to get rid of the Bayview Opera House. And that's the way we need it to be. Yeah. Otherwise, nothing is sacred in the city and people would gladly knock it down and build an apartment building that no one can afford to live in. Anymore, yeah. Right. It's choice real estate. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is. And then over time, uh, it's gone through different hands in 2015, 2016. There was an amazing amount of money that was given. I think it was a few million dollars out of six, five to six million dollars. Okay. To do a renovation on the property and bring it up to snuff. Mm -hmm. And so they actually got rid of the second building that was below. They made the top building the main building, repainted it, got it back to some original structure. Oh, nice. It feels that way. Yeah, got it. It was before it was kind of shacky. Then it got more to an original opera house structure, yeah. but also built that outdoor amphitheater and really invested in, you know, lighting system that has all color changing LEDs, a sound system that's surround sound that's perfect for amplification, but also, as you heard earlier, no mics. Sometimes you don't need it, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. have the voice and you have that. And so being able to, to, to work with that place. And then um, now we're in this really beautiful space. Let's talk about Bayview Opera House 2023. 2023. What's going on over here? Everything. <laughs> um, 2023 has been just a really great thing. We're coming out of a, a previous administration. We have a, a new executive director. Our previous administration was a, was a rough one for the community. A lot of distrust was had there a lot of resentment within the community of feeling they were boxed out of a very important cultural space. Okay. And so the 2023, page has been flipped though. Yeah. 2023 Good. has been all about re-inviting community in, right? And awesome. so a lot of it is collaboration, but a lot of it is also programming that, that goes, our doors are open, right? Um, right. So we have 
I mean, just this month, we have a world premiere of an opera. We have a world premiere of an original film. We're going to have Zacco on the 16th and 17th flying through the air during aerial dance and performance oh, okay. in the opera house. We're going to have a fashion show that features family trees created by seniors who have done genealogy workshops. Oh, and they're going to make it into wearable art. And so the part of the fashion show that is, is then so cool. modeling their family tree now that they've been able to do that research. Amazing. Right? We're going to have a gospel showcase. And so it's like, so we are programming for everybody. Understand that there are some things that people are used to seeing, right? So getting back to our roots in terms of being able to present theater, dance performances, and music performances, but also inviting the new folks in, right? And being able to have that kind of thing. And the other thing that, that so we have our artist in residency program that does that, and we also have our District 10 Black Arts Grant that does that as well, right? And provides space and opportunity for artists to come in and have, uh, artists of color in particular, and have a place that is not, intrusive or oppressive but it also but instead very supportive and will walk you through your production and walk you through stuff and we're learning too on how to do it all but there's no guidebook our goal is to be as supportive and, and as connected as possible to our community and then we also have our tools of the trade program which is my favorite baby and that's our professional development program for artists and so on top of being able to do like writing and performance workshops with magic theater or learning about production management, stage management, lighting and sound design. The stuff right? we talked about you mm -hmm. did when you were a kid. Yeah, when I was a babes, all that good stuff. We're also very, I'm also very passionate about making sure that people have skills that are usually kept behind a gate. Right. So grant writing. Mm, um, that's a big one. Sustainability as an artist. How do I, as an artist in today's world, in the crazy that is San Francisco, make enough money to where I don't have to choose between my lights and my art. Mm, right. Right. Between my housing and my creativity. Right? Real, real so shit. Seeing yourself as a business, right? And understanding that, yes, you're an artist and people are going to expect you to frolic, right? Um, <laughs> as artists do. But you are a business and you have something to do. So how do you execute your plans? How do you create your plans? How do you have a brand? How do you develop it? But also... One of the things that I'm bringing in, too, is collaborations with, like, California Lawyers for the Arts and having them come in and do conversations about copyright mm. and copyright law contracts. and mediation, contracts, yeah. all the things that people don't get to know. Yeah. So that's really where we're at is, is pushing forward in that direction. And we're so excited because coming up, we've got Robert Moses Ken is going to be coming in doing dance, storytelling, and music workshops in the summer. And we've got another grant writing cohort coming up. We've got The Black Woman is God going to be doing satellite exhibition work with us and also having events here with us. And then we also always have our annual Winter Wonderland program, which is huge because we have an ice skating rink in Jolie. We have ice sculptures, we have snowman building, we have marshmallows over an open fire, we have Black Santa and his hyphy elves, we have <laughs> the Museum of Craft and Design, who's a beloved partner coming in and doing all of this stuff. And so really 2023 is just an exciting place of growth and forward motion, right? Being able to really 
bring our community back in and then also work on this idea of exposure, right? You know, reaching out to ACET and being like, hey, so you're doing this thing called the Soul Train musical? Maybe you should talk to the black people on Bayview, right? Uh, you know, just possibly, you know, oh, somebody coming to do the whiz, but well, what? you might want to hang out with us, you know, which is also a beautiful position to be in, right? To mm -hmm. be able to advocate for our community to mm -hmm. get the things either, either you help us get them to you or you come to us, but either As way, yeah. we are making this accessible now. We are not allowing you to have it just over there, right? And have it at the price point that you have it, mm. right? So one of the beautiful things that we've been able to do because, you know, Dreamkeeper Initiative and OBWD and all these really cool places that we can offer a lot of things for free. So a lot of the classes that we do for Souls of the Trade are free. In fact, we get to pay artists oh, yeah. to, to take these classes and invest Imagine this that. time in themselves, you know? So that's, that's, where, that's where we're at, is just that space but I you know I would be remiss if I did not say that the reason why I have two people sitting oh yeah randomly in the room who who were not here to talk on a podcast but had perfect timing as it does is because these two folks have actually been through tools of the trade and are professional artists oh, nice. and have a lot to say about their experience but also are really in you know ex examples of what we're trying to do for folks 2023 and beyond So I'll do whatever you want to ask me. I'm then let's start with who are you? So I'm an artist. My artist name is Joe Cool. What kind of artist, if you don't? Uh, hip hop, R&B, rap, genre of every, everything, pretty much. Nice. Okay. And so, what's your involvement with Bayview Opera House? Smiley talked about it a little bit. Let's, let's, hear, <laughs> let's hear it in your words. So, in my words, I was in the grant writing program. I uh, was in the Shakespeare program as well. I'm in the artist work lab as well. So pretty much just touching up on my craft, learning new tricks and trades of the trade. Yeah. So pretty much uh, that's what I'm getting from Baby Opera House. Also, I have did two shows here. I was going to ask, <laughs> how is it performing here? Uh, this podcast is about the place, okay, by the way. So, so let's hear about what it's like to be on, uh, on that stage. I grew stage. up in the area. So I grew up right up the street, <laughs> literally a block away. So I've always been in the community, always wanted to perform here. So okay. with actually getting a chance to perform here, it was great. Yeah. It was great. It was a great experience. Is it a good room? Uh, the first time around was great because, like I said, I, I never had performed here. So right. With that experience, it was like, wow, now I know it. You, you pitch the best foot forward, you could get wherever you want to go. Awesome. Repinching yourself a little bit. Yeah. So the second time around, I end up hosting. So every time I, I come around, it's something new. Yeah. Okay. You want to tell people how they can find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Joe Coolio, and that is J O E K. O O L I O O. I'm double up.
if you can introduce yourself. Yes, so I am Tatiana White, but I go by Miss White, First Lady of Frisco. Oh, first, damn, yes. I didn't know I was meeting the First like Lady that. of Frisco today. No, you know, they gave me that name. I didn't give it to myself. You, that's not the kind of name yeah. you give yourself. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Miss White, the First Lady of Frisco. So what's your involvement with Bayview Opera House? I'm born and raised from here, so 5263rd Street, shout out. Still there, it's not tore down yet. And so I've always been like a native. So this is like my stumping ground. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm all over San Francisco, but there's no place like home. So I'm, I'm always in the community. I'm always, I've been involved with Baby Opera House since I was a like teenager because they had the Jolie Gym right here and it was open to the public. And we were able to come over here and do fashion shows and, no um, you know, like performances. So, so I've always been here since like 14 and up. I'm 35 now. Were you a performer in those shows as a kid? Yeah, yeah, as a teenager, yeah. So everything's pretty much the same, but it did get renovated and it did get shut down to like the public for a long time. So I'm thankful it's back open and it's been it's been like that for a couple of years now. So I'm, I'm thankful to be back in here and then be performing and, and doing and, and getting and getting grants thanks to Smiley and you know the Dream Keepers and all that. And mm -hmm. so I'm just thankful. Yeah. yeah. And how can people find you? Are you on the socials? Uh, I am on, you can Google me, it's easier. Miss White, First Lady of Frisco. But if you want to do Instagram, it's MSS White officially. Miss White officially. Yes. And you can see all my shows. I do showcases and stuff now. I've been doing it for a year. So we got a lot of stuff going on, more upcoming shows and things of that sort. We're trying to get some more funding so we could do like a tour and do like some cannabis and mental health workshops Love and it. more support groups, like, you know, thing of that sort. Taking to kind care of, of everyone. Yeah, yeah, you know, trying to help the artists, not just like by us performing, but mentally, spiritually, you know, ground us and build us. So that's what I'm working on next. That was Smiley, Joe Cool, and Miss White, First Lady of Frisco, all from the Bayview Opera House. Kayla Anchell did sound design on this episode. Check back next week for episode 19. Until then. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fifth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show. And drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, weird, and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.